Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Today, we feel a little heavy. Pastor asked me to preach this service today because there are some things that this church has been battling. You may not have felt it, but there are some things going on in the supernatural. And Pastor has given me this opportunity in his words were to poke and to prod in the supernatural and see what comes up. To see what comes up. I'm going to give you my title before I give my first scripture today. I want to tell you how we're going to be defeating spiritual serpents. Defeating spiritual serpents. We go to Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 1. Genesis 3 and 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. If you will go to Revelation chapter 20, in verse number 1, and it says, And I saw... An angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Hopefully, with the help of the Lord today, we're going to be telling you all how to be defeating spiritual serpents would you put down your bibles lift up your hands and your voices right now god we give you this glory we pray that this word would not fall on deaf ears today god we're praying that it would prick some hearts in the place today jesus oh we declare that your will would be done in this place i bind any distraction in the name of jesus any moving from the enemy and the supernatural i bind it here in the natural right now in the mighty name of jesus that things are going to be unleashed in this service today, God. There's going to be freedom in this service today, Jesus. And we declare it all in your name. And the church says, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I don't know if you guys know this about me, 
but I utterly hate snakes. Hate them. I think the only person that hates them more than me is Seth Brewer. Which, happy birthday. Can we give a hand clap for Seth? Yesterday was his birthday. The mighty snake hater. I can't stand to see those things up close. I really can't stand to see them very far anyway. I just don't like them. I've always hated snakes to some degree. But I remember this one instance when I was a kid, and I was walking down the road uh, by one of the bridges by the school, actually. I was walking on my merry way, and I saw what I thought was a stick. I was going to pick that stick up because I made up my mind. I saw that stick. Of course, I was going to run over and pick it up. When I picked up to what I thought was a stick, to my surprise, it was a snake. So I then proceeded to set the snake down uh, in a fast rate of motion, in a very violent manner, and I quickly made my exit from the scene. Since then, me and snakes don't really mix well. One source tells us that snakes cause more than 100,000 deaths yearly. The black mamba is one of the deadliest snakes. Its venom is so potent that one bite from the snake is deadly in less than 30 minutes. Places where the black mamba are local, they call it the kiss of death. The python is another very deadly snake because of its sheer size and strength. One python in 2003 was recorded at a whopping 23 feet long and weighing in at 900 pounds. My soul would leave my body if I ever saw that thing in front of me. Snakes are wild things. There is a reason that Satan used a snake to trick Eve. They've always been depicted in cartoons, in movies, as wicked and vile and conniving things. One commentator wrote on Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 1 in a very interesting light. They wrote that for the serpent to even be there, God had to create that serpent. The very serpent that Satan used, God created it. Satan has no power to create the serpent, but he just manipulates it. He perverts what God has done. At one point, the serpent was good because the Lord created it, and he said it was good. However, Satan uses the serpent as his tool. Genesis tells us in chapter 3 that the serpent went unto Eve. I think it's very interesting that the serpent chose to go to Eve and not Adam. Dr. Tony Evans writes on this verse, he, speaking of Satan, approached the woman on purpose because he knew that Eve did not hear the command of God firsthand. Only Adam did. God never spoke to Eve directly. He always spoke to Adam who was then to tell Eve the commandment of the Lord. Satan knew what he was doing because he went to the one that didn't have a direct connection with God. 
Satan didn't try to tempt the one who would walk with God daily in the cool of the day in the garden. He didn't try to tempt the one who God got his hands dirty for. He didn't tempt the one that God used his very breath to create. He didn't tempt the one who was the blueprint to everything we know of today. No, he went after the one who didn't have a relationship with God. He went to the one who would rely on Adam for things pertaining to God. Adam was too difficult for Satan to reach because he had a relationship with God. Ones who have a daily walk with God usually don't have to deal with these serpents. However, even though Adam walked with the Lord, there was still an Eve. Satan knew that she didn't have the relationship with God that Adam has. She didn't have a daily walk with God. She didn't make time in her busy schedule to talk and to pray with God. She wasn't one who was loud in her worship, if you will. She wouldn't praise God with your heart. She thought that she could ride on the coattails of Adam. She thought she could ride on on someone else's spiritual relationship with their maker. Eve had a crack in the door that should have been closed. Satan shouldn't have had access to Eve. There shouldn't have been something, there should have been something to prevent the serpent from ever getting near to Eve. But no, the serpent seeks out the ones who will put up less of a fight. It is in the snake's nature to go after the one that puts up the less fight. The question that I ask to the church today is, why do we settle with dealing with serpents when there are others that are walking with God that don't have to deal with the serpents that we are? Why do we settle to deal with serpents when we were created to have dominion over the earth? Why does the church settle with dealing with sin when talking to the one who wipes away sin is so readily available to us? Why do we open doors that should have stayed shut? Why do we push boundaries? Why do we have to test the limits? I'm here to tell you today. I want you to mark this day in your calendars. Put it down in your records. Because today I'm here and you are here because we are going to make some devils angry today. We are going to shut some doors that have been open for far too long. There are some people that have been like Eve and said, well, I'll just rely on Adam. I can leave the door cracked a little bit because I have someone else that I can rely on for my connection with God. But what Satan does is, well, I see that crack. I know I can fit through that. I say no more devil. I'm taking a stand today. I will not just deal with the temptations of these serpents. Devil, you will not have access to my family. You can't have my wife. You can't have either of my twins. You can't have my family. As a Holy Ghost filled child of God, I declare no more. I declare that this door is going to stay shut. Serpent, you have no business coming into my family. You have no business coming to my doorstep. When he sees the door of my soul, he should know that that door is shut for good there shouldn't even be a crack in the door of your soul when Satan looks at you he shouldn't see an opportunity he should see a closed door 
I wonder if there is anyone else in the house today that is fed up with fighting these spiritual serpents. We've said it over and over and over and over and over and over again. We've said it until we've been blue in the face that 2020 was a terrible year. Can we agree with that? (coughs) The pandemic has impacted this world so much, and it still is. There's so much hurt in this world. America has dealt with such anger. Racism. On both sides. Brothers hating brothers. Sisters hating sisters. Riots in our streets. And that's just what's going on in the natural. The devil's been very busy. While it seems as the church has been dormant. Something is happening in the supernatural right underneath our noses. We have allowed spiritual serpents to come into our young people's lives. Serpents have attracted our saints. We've opened some doors that should never have been opened. Pastor can agree to this. I told him at the beginning of the pandemic that we are going to see two battles coming out of COVID-19. That's going to be greater than it was before. Two battles that we are going to face. We are going to face the spirit of mental problems. Anxiety, depression, fear. And we will face the spirit of pornography. Last year we were so dependent upon the internet. We depended on the internet for our jobs, for our schooling, For our communication, we allow not only our young people but ourselves to be so connected with the internet that spiritual serpents have weaseled their ways through some doors. Netflix said that in the year of 2020, the number of new subscribers, not subscribers they already had, new subscribers rose to over 16 million. 16 million. Zoom, which we all know is the interface that a lot of businesses use to communicate, said that they would have to shut down their servers at certain times of the day around the world to deal with the sheer amount of people that were now depending upon their platform. Pornography sites like Pornhub released their number of viewers in the year 2020. When I saw this stat, my spirit got angry. In the year 2020, on Pornhub alone, they received over 42 billion views. That is roughly five times the amount of the population of this planet. Viewership on all pornographic websites across the board rose to up to a 160% increase. 160%. And the church acts shocked when we find out that in your time alone you have become addicted to pornography. 
We think that just because we were alone that you could just crack the door open in your time alone in the nighttime when no one was looking and you thought nothing was coming out of it. But let me tell you, you open the door to a spiritual serpent that needs to be defeated. Well, it's just this one time. It's just one video. Well, it's just this one scene in this movie that I'm not supposed to be watching. It's just, it's just one picture. It's just one video. It's only five minutes long. It's only ten minutes long. It was only once. Oh, now it's once a week. Now it's monthly. When you open the door to things like that, I'm coming to tell you, church, you can't choose what comes through the door. When the door is open, you don't get to pick and choose which devils come through the door. No, that's like putting a pile of garbage in your house and saying, well, I choose that cockroach. I choose that rodent. I choose that cockroach. No, 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 no. You get the whole mess of them. You open the door, you deal with the consequences. When you open the door to pornography, you do not know what you've allowed to creep into your life. And it's time that the church make up their mind. In a year that we were so dependent upon the internet and our people have gone addicted to pornography, we need to shut the door. You need to shut the door to pornography in your life. Pastor talked about it last Tuesday. There not need to be any access on your phone to pornography. Come on, I wish there was somebody that agreed with me today. I wish there was someone that says, I'm tired of pornography in our young people. I'm tired of our saints in our church dealing with lust. I'm done with saints dealing with it in the church. Porn is a spiritual serpent that we must kill today. Porn is like the mighty viper, and I'm ready to burn that sucker alive. The viper uses its poison to kill its victims quickly. Young person, you hear me right now. You men and you women in this sanctuary, you hear me right now. Pornography is a poison to your soul. Addiction to lust and to pornography will kill your spirit. It will kill your soul. Pastor preached, like I said, an amazing message last Tuesday. About the very subject. And when he did, he gave us an opportunity for repentance. But when it was time for the altar of repentance, I saw spirits fighting what God was trying to do. I saw young people still holding on dear to their addictions. Holding on to their serpents. I saw parents that were seeing as they should have been agents of victory. But they were sitting in the back still dealing with their serpents. All I could see was people who wanted to leave their door open. Maybe they wanted to leave it open just enough. Just enough. Just a little bit. If I could open up just enough, well, if I do that, it doesn't look like I'm an addiction. I mean, if I look at it at the right angle, it might look closed. But I could still get away with it, right? I can still do it, right? It's fine. As long as I come to church and I look like I've got it all together. As long as I come to church and 
worship on the praise team. Lord, we worship you. But what I'm doing in my house in the midnight hours is a shame to you. But I'm still going to act like I'm better than those in the pews. I'll tell you this. I just found out I was going to be a dad a couple weeks ago. But when it's time for me to train my children, me and my wife have made a choice. That when I see a door begin to open, whether it's from my doing or not, or if it's in my children's life, I'm shutting the door. I am not going to let them deal with things that I had to deal with in my life. You hear me, parents. Your children shouldn't have to deal with the same serpents that you dealt with in your life. That should be a door that should be already closed. They shouldn't have to deal with the same serpents that you had to deal through. That door must be closed. You have to make your decision now. There must have been an Adam that said Eve shouldn't have to deal with that. Come on, is there any parents that agree with me in the room right now? We aren't going to allow this mess in our home. Devil, I shut the door on pornography, and it's attacking my children. My children will not face the same serpents I did. They will learn through their father. They will learn through their mothers. Some of y'all need to shut some doors in your life. And I'll tell you another thing. My children will never see me sitting in the back, folding my arms, and being dead in church. That's a door I've made up in my mind that I'm shutting. Y'all, let me remind you, I'm here today to stir the spiritual serpents that are trying to fight what God is trying to do in this church. Y'all, the devil doesn't like what I'm doing right now. You know how I know that. At 5 o'clock in the morning, this morning, as I was getting ready for this message, I was sitting in my house, At my dining table, beautiful dining table, dad did a great job. I'm writing a message, listening to worship. Sometimes I'll throw in a podcast, it's going to be preaching. I felt something in my house. Y'all, I ain't ain't lying, this is the first time I've ever felt something like that. Sitting in my home, I felt fear creep on my body. What the devil was trying to do is saying, come on, it's okay. I got this. If you'll listen to me. I'm glad my wife was a little bit asleep. I went to war right there in my dining room. And I walked up to my front door because I was going to practice what I was going to preach today. And I opened the door and I said, Satan, you can take your fear and go because you're not going to have fear in my house. I got some babies that are on the way, and I'm not going to have a household that's got fear in it. I'm not going to let the serpent of fear enter into my household. I'm making my decision today that they're not going to deal with that. Dear brothers and sisters, you may think that just watching that short video is all right. That texting that boy and girl things that you would be ashamed if your family found out. Young lady, know this. That when you send pictures to that boy, just because he says he loves you, know that you're dealing with a snake in the grass. 
You are dealing with the devil of temptation, and I say it's time to stand up for yourself. Young man, when that girl tells you that she wants to fool around with you, you need to shut the door. You need to shut the door. Come on, I wonder if there were some parents that agree with me. When your children are getting into some situations that they don't need to know to be, they need to know that their parents have taught them through their lives that that is a door that they have the power to shut. Is there anybody that agrees with me? You are worth so much more than just a single moment of thrill. That moment that you may think is innocent will ruin your life forever and could possibly kill your soul. So shut the door. Watch what you post on social media. He went there. Pastor talked about that on Tuesday. Know that everyone can see what you're posting. Oh, you think it's okay because you post little videos on TikTok? It's harmless. It's just a few little videos. I've seen this thing over and over so many times in the world. I have seen it with my own eyes. Men flocking to one phone because they see a girl dancing on their phone for 10 seconds. Now I've got a question to your fathers. Would you allow all these guys to come into your house and watch your children do that? Or are you going to stand up and say, I'm shutting the door. That mess is not allowed in my house. That mess is not going to go on in my family. I've made my... De- the devil don't like what I'm saying right now. I wonder if there's any fathers that say, I'm going to shut the door on that mess. I wonder if there's any spiritual mothers that say, I'm shutting the door on that mess. I'm not having that in my home. Devil, you're trying to pervert my children. You're trying to pervert my family. I'm not having that in Come on, if you agree with me, lift up your voices right now. Know that there are snakes in the grass. They are lurking in the shadows, and they are trying to prey on your souls. But know this, young people, you're worth more than that. You're worth more than that. This world has just become so addicted to lust. Just as Satan did in the garden, he does the very same today. He perverts that which God intended for good. God made those emotions that you feel to be used in marriage. And he called it good. Satan says, well, that's not exactly what he meant. These feelings are natural, so it's okay. Satan says it's okay because God gave you these feelings. That is how Satan tricks us so many times. It's because he perverts the God, the word of God. Webster defines the word pervert as to cause to turn aside or away from what is good or true or morally right. It also says to divert to a wrong end. So when Satan comes and tells you some things that it's okay to do, he is sending you exactly down the wrong path. Right. 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 
Satan is trying to twist what God has said and makes it evil. But what have we done to allow these snakes in our home? How have we allowed these spiritual serpents into our families? What doors have we been opening, church? You parents, what doors have we been opening? Genesis 13 and 1. And Abram went up out of Egypt. He and his wife and all that he had. And Lot with him into the south. Here we see Abram and his family and Lot and his family. Both of them were blessed. And at one moment the herdmen of Abram's cattle and Lot's herdmen got into a fight. They got beef. <laughs> Dad liked that one. <clears throat> so Abram didn't want anything to come in between him and Lot. So look what happens in verse number 8 of chapter 13. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen. For we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. If thou wilt depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves from one another. I want you to see this next verse, because I want you to see why some parents are dealing with some spiritual battles in their homes. Verse number 12. And Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain. And look at this. Pitched his tent. Toward Sodom. Lot had one of the greatest teachers that he could follow. He was under the teaching and the favor of Father Abraham. Lot had been blessed in his life. God took care of Lot and his family. They could have had anything they wanted. However, Scripture says that he pitched his tent towards Sodom. Okay. So what was the importance of this? What, so what if he pinched his tent towards Sodom? Maybe it was nice looking. I don't know. Maybe Sodom had you know, pretty lawn care. I don't know. What Lot was showing is that, yes, God has blessed me. Yes, he's given me all these things. But I think I could get a little better over there. I know that I can get away with a little more over there. If I can just go up to this door and crack it just a little bit, maybe God will bless me and I can do whatever I want in the dead of night. Yes, I can worship God, but what if I were able to do that as well and do both at the same time? So Lot opened the door. Lot opened the door. Lot pitching his tent towards Sodom was a statement. It was a statement that was saying, I'm looking towards what I want. Guzik says on this verse, it wasn't Lot's choice that led his heart astray. His heart was already astray. It was demonstrated by the choice. 
So there are some parents that have had their hearts on this world. And they're making a couple decisions that's leaving the door open. And there are some young people in this house that are dealing with things because their parents have decided to pitch their tent towards Sodom. Let me tell you this, church. I'm not preaching just to NBC. When I say the church, I mean in the body of Christ. I mean in the body as a whole. One reason that we are dealing with such perversion is that our young people are going to homes with parents that are having their tents pinched to Sodom. Our young people are leaving our services and going back to homes where the parents have opened up spiritual doors that should have been sealed shut. We have young people who are struggling and it doesn't help when they have parents contradicting the word of God. Maybe it's not through your words, parents, but maybe it's through your actions. Maybe the way you act says differently than what pastor has been preaching on Tuesday nights and on Sundays. Maybe you can say, well, I can come to church and that's enough, but I'll live like however I want to live. And you are teaching your children that and they will do exactly what you're doing. Yeah, pastor preaches this, but you don't have to really do it like that. Yes, we used to believe this, but that doesn't really matter in today's world. Oh, that's just old Bible talk. We don't really, we stick to the New Testament stuff. Here's how you can do the littlest amount and get to heaven. Why, why are we always wanting to do the littlest amount? Are we lazy? Well, if I leave that door cracked just a little bit, like I said, it looks, it looks closed. But really, I can open it back up whenever I want. It's easier for me to open that door. Parents, I believe it's time that we realign ourselves with God. And I've come to ask you, where are your tents pitched today? I would to God that a parent would stand to their feet right now and say, no more. I'm shutting the door. I am shutting the door on pornography. I'm shutting the door on lust. I'm shutting the door on perversion. I'm shutting the door on fear. I'm shutting the perversion. I'm shutting the door on anxiety. I'm shutting the door. You don't get to hurt that serpent that's trying to put its venom and its poison into my family. I wish there was some Holy Ghost filled families that say, I'm shutting the door on that mess. I'm shutting the door on that mess. Satan, you don't get to have my children. Satan, you don't get to have my babies. No more addiction in my house. No more hurt in my house. I am not a victim anymore because I am victorious. I am no longer weak. I am made strong. Brother Dylan, can I see you? How many of y'all love Brother Dylan? This dude... I want you to know, when I see him bring his son up for worship, that's a, he's a role model to me. This is what I want to be like when I'm a father. Because what he's doing, he's shutting some doors in his son's life. 
we will not be lazy. We will not be compliant. We will not be weary. We will not have mediocre worship. When he brings his son up here, his son doesn't get a choice. But what Brother Dylan's doing is that he's shutting some doors, but he's also opening some doors for his son that says, I'm giving you access to God. Whatever you struggle with, here's a door that you can walk through. Thank you. The Lord says in John chapter 10, he says, I am the door. I pray that we see a revival in our parents today. You parents, your children need to see you worship in the altars. I ask myself sometimes, why don't we see young people worshiping in these altars like we used to? How come we don't see them dancing in the spirit anymore? How come we don't see them up in front for worship anymore? Why does it feel like we take a step forward and we're taking six steps back in our worship? I believe it's because that their very parents quit doing it. Parents, your children look to you, so why would you lead them astray? Why are you opening doors at your home that the church has been trying to shut? Y'all, pastor only gets them for a couple of hours. You're at your homes. You are the one influencing them. You get to decide what doors are open, and you get to decide what doors are shut. So why would you lead your children astray? You're sending your children to hell if you don't shut the door. Somebody scream at the top of their lungs, shut the door. Like that. Come on, there's something going on in the supernatural that Satan's not liking what I'm preaching right now. He's trying to pull at me right now because he needs some parents to hear this. I once heard from Brother Carpenter, you may have seen the video, but he preached on hell one time. And I want to talk about it. It's a terrible thing to think that fathers, that you failed in life and the Lord determined that he never knew you. You have now been cast into the bottomless pit with the great serpent. You are falling and falling and falling. You are covered in flames. Your tongue is on fire. There are demons slashing at your body, cutting at your side. You are with Satan and you are falling for eternity. But then you look over and you see your children falling with you. And they cry out, Dad, why didn't you say something? Why was the door open that you should have shut? You knew the truth, and you could have shown us how to live. Why didn't you? Now we're both in hell because of a decision that a lazy parent made and a lazy young person made because they should have shut some doors. Oh, God, I pray that I don't fail my children. I pray that I'm a father that stands up for truth. I pray that I'm a father that teaches my children that they can shut some doors. I will not let little pointless moments to cause my family to go to hell. You should run to these altars every time they're open. No man knows the day. 
If you're living in sin, get right. If your children are living in sin, you've got my permission. Grab them by the ear and take them to the altar because their soul's worth more than their embarrassment. Stand up and be the leaders that God has called you to be in your homes. My prayer is that some parents of these young people would stand up straight and say, I'm getting this victim mentality out of my children. Young people usually follow in the footsteps of those that have stood before them. Parents, if you act like a victim, your children will act like victims. Someone needs to stand up and shut the door on victim mentality in this church. Because I've come to tell you, your abuse is not your excuse to sit there and die. Some of y'all have gone through some things and it's painful. But you need to make up in your mind that I'm not going to deal with this anymore. Because my soul means more to me. Than some hurt that I've dealt with. Shut the door on victimhood in this church. Satan, you hear my words right now. We are not victims, we are victors. How can we have people who sit in the pews, hear the only truth, and know Jesus on a personal level and choose to be less than? Why do our young people feel like they're not enough? God never even called them normal. Royal priesthood. Peculiar people. Chosen nation. You are blessed. You are loved. You are forgiven. Your sins are washed away. So why do we let the door of victimhood stand in front of them? We make the choice to have an attitude of less sin. Why is that? Because at some point in time, Satan has come and perverted your thinking. Just like Eve, you've given access to the serpent. The reason we deal with spiritual serpents so heavily is because we give them the right atmosphere to live in. Just as supernatural ties to the natural, snakes need to live in the right atmosphere or they die. Young people, what do you allow to intake? What do you allow to digest into your spirit? What music are you listening to? What movies do you watch? What jokes do you tell? Who are your friends at school? Because all of those things decide what your atmosphere you create. Does your atmosphere cater to those to spiritual serpents? Maybe it's time that we have some parents and we have some young people that will stand up and say, I need a purge. I need a cleaning. It's not saying that I'm doing all these bad things, but it's saying I've decided to close some doors that don't even need to be cracked they don't need to be open I'm making my mind up today that I'm going to be different I'm going to be set apart get them out get rid of everything get every unclean thing out of the house give no place to the serpents shut the door 
David set up his atmosphere to temptation when he was sitting on a rooftop and not in the battle like he was supposed to be. Samson put himself in the presence of a serpent when he let Delilah in. Did you know that the viper can change its venom to accommodate to the prey it's attacking? It can choose just how much poison to administer and how little. Satan uses many different ways to attack you, parents. He's using different ways to attack you, young people. There is something... there's some stirring in the supernatural right now and these young people need to listen to me because there is a spirit moving on them right now that says don't listen to what this preacher is saying but I wonder if there were some parents that can agree with me right now that's saying I'm making a decision to shut the door on the evil vices and the evil voice of the devil because I'm making my mind up today that devil you have no voice in my young people oh come on there's somebody that's feeling what I'm preaching right now there's somebody that's going to get their breakthrough today feel a breaking in the spirit no matter how much venom Satan sends at you it's still the same poison can we lift our hands and our voices right now Come on, Satan's not liking this. He's not liking you talking about this. He's saying, shut that preacher up. Satan's trying to take my breath away. But I know that there is breath in the Almighty God that's working through me right now. Now to those of you, or to the ones who have been thinking about dating someone out of church, first let me tell you this wise bit of advice. Flirt to convert never works. Flirt to convert never works. I have seen it time and time again. They think it's going to work, but it ends in failure. Failure after failure after failure. Is it worth it? Is it worth your soul? Let me ask you this. Is that girl that you're wanting to date worth your soul? Is that man you're wanting to date worth your soul? You can be seated. I want to look to the story of Israel. They were dealing with worshipers of Baal. Baalpur was trying to curse Israel, okay? And every time Israel was cursed, God ended up blessing Israel. Time and time again, it was switching. I'm, he's trying to send a curse, God's sending blessings. Sending curses, he's sending blessings. Until they had an idea. Send the Moabite women to seduce the men of Israel. They sent the Moabite women But the Moabite women weren't the only things that left. Because the Moabite women brought their idols along with them. Hear my words. There's someone that needs to hear my words. They sent the Moabite women with their idols that they would lay with the men of Israel. That they would flirt with them. That they would date them. That they would lay with them. But the men weren't just dealing with the women. They were dealing with their enemy. But these women brought their idols alongside of them. Numbers 25 and verse 1. 
And Israel abode in Shittim, and the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. And they called the people under their sacrifices of their gods, and the people did eat and bowed down to their gods. And Israel joined himself unto Baalpur, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. Israel had opened the door. They thought it was only to the women, but you can't dictate what comes through the door. If you let the enemy come in, you don't get to dictate what idols they bring. To those who are still thinking that it's okay to have an idea to date somebody out of church, just know you take the girl, you take the idol. You take the men, you take their idol. Just know that in the Bible, who has proved itself time and time again, that the anger of God came upon Israel for the whoredom that they committed to when those they opened the door. I'm trying to show you how to identify spiritual serpents. Know this, church. Yes, Satan used the serpent in the garden. Yes, he tempted David. Yes, he tempted the men of Israel. But I'm about to show you how we deal with these spiritual serpents. I'm going to show you a way to defeat them, okay? Is that all right? Can I give you parents some ammunition, if you will? Paul is the one who shows us the weakness of these spiritual serpents. In Acts chapter 28 and verse number 1. And when they were escaped, then they knew the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. And Paul had gathered a bundle of six, and look here, and laid them on the fire. There came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. I want to point out that one specific part of verse 3 that is very crucial on defeating spiritual serpents. There came a viper out of the heat. The viper was leaving the heat. I believe if I can make this connection, the church needs a fire of repentance. We need the cleansing fire of God pouring out over heaven that burns up every single serpent, that burns up every viper, every python spirit that we've allowed into our homes, that we've allowed into our children's lives. The only way to defeat the evil serpent is by repentance. The fire drove the viper out and onto the hand of Paul. Acts 28 and 4 says... And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. But look at this. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Even though Paul had one of the most poisonous serpents hanging from his hand, he had such a connection with God, he had shut some doors in his past, that even though the serpent came, he didn't even feel the poison. 
You see, when you have a connection with God, when you close the door on some things of this world, when you make decisions to push away perverted thoughts, when you get into a place of repentance with God, something amazing covers the body of Christ. Something begins to happen in the church. Mark 16 and 18, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Luke 10 and 19, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven Micah chapter 7 and verse 15 I want to read from the ESV as in the days when you came out of the land of Egypt, I will show them marvelous things. The nations shall see and be ashamed of all their might. They shall lay their hands on their mouths, their ears. They shall be deaf. They shall lick the dust like a serpent, like the crawling things of the earth. They shall come trembling out of their strongholds. They shall turn in dread to the Lord our God, and they shall be in fear of you. There's some parents that need to stand to their feet right now. Somebody say, shut the door. You need to stand up to your feet right now and say, you have the power to shut the door on that relationship with your child. You need to shut the door on that addiction. You need to shut the door on that past. God has created you, the church, to be conquerors. Just because you've stumbled, maybe you've made a mistake. Come on, listen to me right now. That does not mean that your story is over. God has provided a way out. And I declare it right now. Fear be gone in the name of Jesus. Shame be gone in the name of Jesus. Spirit of lust be gone in the name of Jesus. Anxiety be gone in the name of Jesus. Victim mentality be gone in the name of Jesus. Depression be gone in the name of Jesus. Victimhood be gone in the name of Jesus. I wonder if there were some parents that agree with what this preacher is saying right now. I wonder if you would stand to your feet and say, shut the doors. Shut the doors. Shut the door to access of the serpent. God, send cleansing fire down from heaven burn up every serpent that is gripping your people spirit of rebellion be gone come on somebody we need to believe that today thank you for listening to the MPC podcast we trust that today's message has inspired you encouraged you and strengthen you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.